Hey, hey, friend. I just know that you're going to be blessed by today's episode. I was able to sit down and have a conversation with Corbella Guy from Teach My Kinder. And her and I talked, I mean, well, I mostly listened. I listened to her talk because she has so much knowledge and so much information and so much encouragement as well to put the, we'll say the power back into our hands as parents when it comes to teaching our children how to read. And I know that this is something that is oftentimes even a stumbling block. It can hold parents back from even beginning to homeschool, or it can hold you back in the way of not really fully just trusting the process and believing in your child and believing in you that you can actually do it. So I'm excited for you to listen to this conversation to get some input and feel good about where you are with your homeschooling of your child and teaching them how to read. And even if you have taught children how to read, maybe you have a struggling reader or you've already been there, done that. This could provide some resources that you can use to encourage other homeschool moms. Are you ready to have your mind kind of like, like I felt like, wow, okay, I took some notes and I'm feeling like pretty at, at the end of this conversation. I was like, okay, I'm ready to teach a child how to read now because I can look back and I can see where, well, stuff like, you know, I know I could have done that better. And I know that after listening to her conversation I was able to have with her today and then checking out her resources, you're going to feel much more confident today. All right. So get yourself ready and get that pen and paper. Welcome to the Little by Little Homeschool Podcast, where you can get out of survival mode, feel confident in your homeschool decisions, and gain peace in your heart and home. I know that when we plant our feet firmly in this season of life and embrace our homeschooling, motherhood, and homemaking, we will thrive. I truly believe that we can do this from a place of peace and joy, all while growing a ton of contentment. And while we're at it, Mama, let's deepen those relationships with our children and love these years we get to pour into them. If you're ready to create beauty, seek simplicity, and live intentionally, Homeschool Mama, then close out that lesson book, let the kids go play, and let's have an authentic conversation. Welcome to the podcast here, Corbelagai, right? Did I say it right? Yes, Yes, you did. (laughs) It's a beautiful name. I am so glad that you are here, Little by Little Homeschool podcast. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I hear a lot from the moms that are homeschooling little ones. And it's a really big concern. And I'm excited to have you share it with them and put their mind at ease and equip them with some skills and some tactics and Again, just kind of like bring down the concern for them. So if we can start off with you just sharing a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and share um, my favorite topic <laughs> with your your listeners. So my name is Corbla Guy Playwogi. I am, I grew up in Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, KU alum. <laughs> um, I was a preschool, kindergarten, first grade teacher. And then I was a teacher trainer. I worked in government in abroad in the UAE, where I led the, a team to develop their early childhood curriculum work, first one for the country. So it was pretty cool. But um, as I was doing that, I kept something kept nudging me consistently that, you know, um, yeah, this is great that I'm doing all this high level work, but the real change happens at home. So how can I better engage parents to make sure, you know, they're getting the support they need? And here we are. <laughs> As I try to fulfill on that that goal I have for myself. Yeah. 
That's amazing. So did that kind of come to you while you were living abroad that this is something you wanted to focus more on? It's always been there. Oh, it has always amazing. been there just kind of poking at me, poking at me that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think part of it comes from a, my, my upbringing, how incredibly interactive my mom was with us. And then going to KU, you were, we were taught you are a teammate. So your job is to help that parent get their child to where they want to be. So it's always been a, a a part of me. How can I better communicate with parents when I was in the classroom? And then even when I was um, working in the Ministry of Education, it always came back around to how are we getting parents involved in this so that they they know how to support their children? And then COVID happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it just crystallized everything because I started getting calls from friends in the U.S. because at that time, my team had put together our plan. We knew what we were doing. Our kids were going. And I'm getting these calls from my friends and family whose kids are in kindergarten, first grade. They're like, what do I do? I don't even know what to do. And so I'm feeling these calls and, and giving them tips. And then I started writing a blog. And then I started doing videos and sending little books I'd put together and resources. And it just kind of snowballed from there. That's amazing. It's That's really cool that they thought to reach out to you. And I know a lot of parents just were scrambling and were, were completely lost. And as you mentioned just a couple minutes ago about how this is a huge concern. And then when the kids are brought home in kindergarten, first grade, and this is a time that the school system is really putting a lot of emphasis upon learning to read that I can understand. And that's really neat that you're able to provide those resources to them. So, and it's, you know, in talking about them helping parents at home, that's a big thing. This podcast is mostly devoted to homeschool moms or mm-hmm. those that are um, seriously thinking about homeschooling or maybe even just exploring it a little bit. So why is it important that moms know about speaking and listening skills when we're talking about reading? What does that have to do? What does speaking and listening have to do with reading? This is one of my favorite things to talk about when it comes to reading. <laughs> and it's because reading, the journey to be able to read starts with skills that children develop naturally. I always like to tell people speaking and listening, a typically developing child, they will learn to speak and they will learn to listen and discriminate different sounds. Reading is an abstract concept. (laughs) So we build on their speaking and listening skills. So that's talking about phonemic awareness. And it's things like being able to rhyme. It's things like, and it has nothing to do with letters at all. That's why I love to tell moms because I feel like that calms them down when I'm like, Hey, this is where you start. <laughs> Trust me. It's stuff you can do really easily. It's you say the word cat to your child and you say, what sound do you hear? And most will say they want their child to say the letter C. And I'm like, no, 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 the sound. We talk about the sound speaking and listening. And then later on, we'll add that weird looking shape that we all decided is the letter C and kids will agree to later on. But if you manage to focus on these speaking and listening skills, they are so important. They are the foundation to phonics. So if your child is having trouble um, discriminating, telling the differences between different sounds, they'll have difficulty when it comes to reading because they can't hear it. So that's why I'm like speaking and listening. Let's start there and focus on it. And in fact, it's quite interesting because it's only in the past maybe three to four years that it's coming into mainstream, that people are talking about it more and more in the U.S., that this is where we need to focus every single time you are doing a lesson with a child, warm up with a speaking and listening activity because it primes them to be able to do the reading as they continue on. 
Now, when you said the word rhymes, I instantly thought of nursery rhymes and those were a big thing back in the day. And I feel like even when my kids were little, they were kind of a little on the fringe. I don't know, maybe you see them more, more now, but uh, is that a good way of helping kids to? Yes. Nursery rhymes, even little games. Cause okay. Cause um, they're the skills, beginning sounds, ending sounds, uh, middle sounds, and then adding sounds, subtracting sounds, and then substituting sounds. So I know when I was little, we learned Miss Mary Mac, <laughs> Miss <laughs> yeah. Mary Mac, 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 and and um, any kind of rhyme where they have to, uh, any kind of song or a poem where they're dropping the beginning sound of one word, switching it to another, Miss Mary Mac dressed in black. So it rhymes and they're seeing how, oh, if I change this sound, it makes a different word. So then it's easier for them to map onto when I uh, change this letter, it makes a different word. So it's just really starting with that beginning stuff. So songs, rhymes, that's why you should do lots and lots of songs and rhymes with kids when they're really little. And that is actually helping them learn how to read. And most parents don't think about that. That's really good advice. And I know sometimes we're like, after a while, we're like, okay, we're listening to this song again and this again, but it really is important to their development. So I'm glad that you're, that you're saying that. And the kids think it's fun. And after a while, I know sometimes we're like, I cannot listen to this song one more time, but they're like, play it again, right? Play it again. Yes. Again. And that's part of their learning. They need repetition is huge. You'll read the same book over and over. I have my three-year-old niece when it was bedtime. I knew the books we were going to read. Even if I tried to introduce new ones, I knew there were two, there are two, I should say, that we are going to read every single night. That's just how it's going to be. Repetition is their friend. And then um, I remember after a few weeks of that, I walked in her room. She'd gone in her room and she's laying there reading, quote unquote, the book to herself because she's memorized it by this point. I mean, that's what they need. That's that's really because then they go and look at it when they actually start to learn words and they probably feel really confident that they know those know those words. I remember having Good Night Moon was was memorized. It was always <laughs> it was always a, a book <laughs> to read as the lights <laughs> kind of things got darker. I didn't even need to, <laughs> which was good because I there wasn't much light to see the book after a while as the sun kind of set a little bit and mm-hmm. they were heading to bed. So I'm thinking as you're talking about listening and speaking, does this, does our pronunciation as parents, is that a factor? Yes. It is. And um, it's something we don't think about. Actually, it's a funny story. When I was living abroad, we were, it was in a school setting, but our students were really doing really well. This is in Arabic, but it translates into English. They were doing really, really well in these assessments that we're giving at the school level. But when they took this standardized assessment, they didn't know it was assessment. They thought they were playing a game. They did really poorly. And we were like, what's going on? And we realized it was the language the teachers were using. So language, pronunciation, speaking so very clearly, it all impacts children being able to read because you will read how you, what you hear. And I, I don't think we consider that a lot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's why it, it warms my heart when I see parents and, and moms, it's usually moms, when they speak to their children and they're super clear and they use words that are that help to enrich children's vocabulary. Like, yes, you're doing it. You're doing it. That's great. I remember speaking to my kids and maybe I shouldn't admit to the story, but when I had my oldest and she was probably maybe a year and a half and have her in the grocery store and, you know, in the cart or something. And 
it was kind of my excuse. Like I would talk to her about what we were doing, what we need. Oh, now we need oranges. And I think it was a little bit of a cover up for me speaking to myself. But then I look back and I'm like, oh, like it just, it got me used to, because I'd never spent that much time around a baby, a child. And it got me used to then speaking. And so maybe this is a good um, little push for parents to read books to their kids that might be a little more advanced than they think because the language is good for them to hear. It's so, it really is. Um, one thing I loved to do was um, I had author studies with my students and my children were, when I was teaching three-year-olds, we read Charlotte's Web, a chapter book for a three-year-old. It took us a good <laughs> two months, maybe. We do a little bit at a time and there were no pictures. And we talked about how you have to imagine the pictures in your head. And if there was a word we didn't know what it meant, I'd explain it. I mean, Children will absorb whatever it is we give them. And I think often um, when it comes to reading or things in general, we discount just how much they can take on. And there's nothing wrong with speaking to them like, you know, they're they're people. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if they say, I don't know what that means, you just explain it and, and they'll, oh, okay. And that's the beauty of them. Everything is so new. They they just accept it as, oh, okay, this is, all right, this is what it is. and And they move on. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't end. I said a phrase to my 18 year old just recently. And he was like, what does that mean? And it's an old phrase. So I explained and he's like, that's really weird. But I was like, you know, so still, I mean, and I'm still introduced to words and phrases and Mm -hmm. um, we shouldn't, I don't think we should be embarrassed by that either. But um, is there something that's often overlooked by moms? Like when we're planning to teach our children to read, is there something that we're overlooking often that you see? Yes. And it's something that I encountered when I left the U.S., It's the way we introduce letters to children. And most moms and most teachers, if they're trying to teach um, the letters of the alphabet, they'll start with A and move through, introduce that. But if you are trying to introduce letters to your child, you should really use the SAT pin. I always recommend the SAT pin approach, S-A-T-P-I-N, which would be the first six letters that you would teach. And that is because... If you look at the first six letters of the alphabet and you go, sorry, from A to Z, your child would, and you teach not just the letter sound, but also how to blend as they go by the sixth letter. If you're going A to A to F, they would be able to read like three words. If you read, if you use sat pin, they would be able to read about 10 to 12 words. Because it's moving really quickly from theory, which is this is the sound and it matches the, this letter, to practice that these letters here, sat, sat, oh, I say that word. Oh, that's what it looks like on paper. So they really get a chance to start practicing really quickly. And moms are always shocked when they're like, wait, what? That They can read that? Yeah, because they have the tools now. <laughs> they have the tools and it's been arranged in a way that gives them... It's not quite instant feedback, but it feels like it compared to having to get all the way halfway through the alphabet to be able to start putting things together to read. So if you are ready to introduce letter sounds to your child, I highly, highly recommend sat pin. I actually had a, have a video on YouTube I did with this. And this mom from Australia contacted me and she was like, this is amazing. I, I'd never heard of this. I was like, oh, this is so wonderful. <laughs> No, so I was really able to work with her son on it. Yeah. I will join her and say, I've never heard of that either. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I'm going to put some links in the show notes, but maybe I'll link that specific YouTube video too. Yeah. I'll okay. definitely send that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll put that in. 
Um, Because you're right, so many letters that you use, I mean, we have the vowels, obviously, they're in in every word. Um, A lot of them are a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. That's okay. My mind's blown. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. Just sit on that. Sit on that for a little bit. What are some specific roadblocks um, to watch out for when we're trying to teach um, reading to our children at home? Oh, this one. So I have a dear friend who was having such issues with her little son trying to learn how to read. And we had a Zoom call. And I was like, all right, give, show me what you're doing with him. And she went, she's like, I'm doing, we're doing flashcards with him. We're doing these games and we have these books. And he's really struggling with these books. I said, grab the books and bring them. Let me see. And she opened them up and she said, it, it says the step into reading books. And I, I looked at the words in there and I went, oh, no, no, those are not for him. She says, but it said level one, <laughs> step into reading level one. And the I had to explain to her that there are certain words that we teach at different stages. And these words are not for him. These are like third grade level words that they're saying are step into. So one of the roadblocks is picking out the wrong resources and innocently doing it because of the way it's it's marketed. And unless you know the actual skills that your child should be working on at that point, you'll pick out something that's not appropriate for them or even, oh, this drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> when they have like little alphabet puzzles and uh, that have the letter and the picture and they'll have for X xylophone. And all I can think is no, 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 not it's, it's the sound, not because they need to read book words like Fox box six mix. And if they're being taught with these, um, toys that they have and parents are innocently picking it up because it's, it's here. It must be right. No. So really looking at the resources that you're picking up for your child, that can be a major roadblock to their reading progression. And then another thing is just the idea that I can't do this. (laughs) I can't do this. And I, I genuinely feel part of that comes from the resources that are mislabeled And, you know, so parents aren't getting the right tools that help them. And then they think, oh, goodness me, it's me. I can't do this. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. It's just about knowing what are the skills. And then, okay, you can easily say, ah, this is not right for my child. Or, oof, that resource is not put together properly. Then you can teach your child to read when they're ready. That confidence thing of saying, I can't do it. So it sounds like a lot of that could stem from just being confused and overwhelmed by the curriculum. It sounds like that story you're talking about with your friend, she had books and games and it sounds like she had a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that maybe wasn't needed. It was, it wasn't appropriate for him. Okay. okay. And I, what I ended up showing her was, okay, he, she picked out those books because she thought this is the the characters and things he loves. And they tell you get things that will interest your child. So she's doing exactly what she's being told. And I said, okay, you can keep it but you read it to him. These are not books he's ready to read yet. So we actually ended up going out and I took her book shopping and said, these are the kind of books you're looking for at his level and whatnot. And he's actually making progress now. He's not, you know, resisting as much because it's so frustrating when you keep giving, given things that are not appropriate for you. And then mom gets frustrated, dad's frustrated, he's frustrated. And it's just, it's too much. So yeah. It's making sure that the resources are appropriate for your child's level. 
Yes, because I think if they're not, then we run into you're saying frustrated, there's tears, there's, mm. you know, and then you're thinking, I, I can't do this, they can't do this, what's wrong, is something wrong with them, maybe there's just, there's just, it causes a lot of friction and tension yeah. in, the, in the relationship, and as homeschoolers, we don't, we don't necessarily want that either. No. <laughs> but yeah, so you're saying that probably most likely the cause of if you're having issues teaching your child is just it's not the right material. It's not the right resources for them. Yeah, it's not the right resource for them at that time. And that's why I really like to talk about that speaking and listening, because your child may be ready for things that's more like speaking and listening. They may not be ready for the other bits. And that's OK. Get that foundation right. And then you'll be able to move on. Right. And sometimes your child at five might not be ready, like your, you know, sister's kids or this other kid, you know, at co-op or your other or the other sibling might have been ready for some being introduced to certain things at five. And you might have another kiddo that's not. And right. And that's okay. It's so true. Like I remember uh, my sister and I, both of us are bookworms, put us in a bookstore and oh my goodness, heaven. I could read really early. She liked the idea of reading, but she struggled. So she needed more. She needed extra support that I didn't. But there was no issue with that. I just remember (laughs) being irritated (laughs) that she got to use it. My mom got these tapes and things and we had one TV. (laughs) My mom was not about TV. I had one TV and she'd kick us all out. And so she'd had to do her, her reading lessons. But that was the only thing, you know, it was giving each child what they need when they need it. I think that's, for me, that's a big message I want to make sure moms get that, you know, every child is unique and they will do things when they are ready. And it's more about you as the parent having the skills and the confidence to help them when they're ready. So if you understand how reading develops, you can spot and say, okay, so now I need to do this with them because they're ready for that. Amen. I feel like there's like a mic drop right there. Like that's, <laughs> we, can, we can end right now, but I don't want to. I do have another question for you, <laughs> but that, that was good. I hope you all heard that and let it sink in. Um, but I got one more question for you here though, is what's one thing that you wish you knew before you started teaching reading in kindergarten? It's the same thing I I have sharing with all parents that pin. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that cuz I knew all about play-based learning and whatnot, but sat pin and stacking skills in the right way would have made my first few years teaching so much easier because again, my students would be able to go from theory to practice much faster and they would see the fruits of their labor, I should say. <laughs> You know, because it's hard learning how to read and and doing it consistently. It's a big ask we're we're asking of children. So if you as a mom know about SATPIN and know how to um, stack skills appropriately, and when I say that, I mean going uh, from speaking and listening skills to phonics skills, sight words, comprehension, stack those in the right way, it'll make your life so much easier. (laughs) So much easier. And probably make learning how to read a bit more fun, less stressful and not having the tears. They actually will love it. They'll actually love reading, which is, to me, that's the ultimate goal. Because at the end of the day, when we're adults, we do a lot of reading, you know, for pleasure, for information, to solve problems. And because I always remember this quote that um, went something like, if you want to keep a secret, put in a book. (laughs) <laughs> and you don't, you yeah. want your child to always have access to the information they need that would make their life better. 
So I want them to be able to read (laughs) and enjoy it so they can have access to everything that is due to them. And it sounds like this, this method, this method you have a stacking and the sat pin gives them the confidence to continue to read. Cause I think that's something that some kids will then push back on learning to read or even knowing how to read and push back on continuing to read and reading harder books because they don't, they lack the confidence yeah. to do so and having that strong foundation. And I assume you can kind of go back if you have a child that's older, has already read and go back and kind of. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's. There's specific, specific skills. Like, um, I call, I call them the three big buckets that I have a, a framework and it's about, um, hearing, which is all about speaking and listening. And then I call smushing, which is all about phonics, letter sounds, and the specific rules around phonics and comprehension. And you can go in that circle around and around <laughs> at every grade level because they need to be able to hear those sounds. They need to understand what letters combine to make up those sounds in text. And then when they read them, they need to understand what it means. So no matter what grade level they're at, you can always trace their reading issues back to somewhere in that. Those are the three big buckets. And if you um, have a child who's struggling, you can usually pinpoint where the issue is. Okay. No, I I like that kind of, because often we feel as homeschool moms, just powerless and out of control, out of, it's out of our hands. That yeah. we don't have any, we just, um, we don't have any resources. We feel a little bit lost and mo- and most families have multiple children and we're trying to teach a child to read. And then we have olders and youngers and maybe a baby at home and there's a lot going on, but it's just, I think one thing you keep talking about, that's like a theme I kind of keep hearing um, also is that there's, there's freedom to be able to approach this to each child individually and something that in a way that's going to um, help them where they are at, meeting them where they are at. And with homeschooling, we have so much freedom. So yeah, this has been, this has been good. Before we close here, there's one thing that I did. I took a couple of notes. One thing I want to reiterate here is that uh, one thing you said was children will absorb what we will give them. And I think that this, what you've all said here has been a lot to um, empower parents. And I know that they're going to want to hear more from you. So where can they find you here on the internet? They can find me at teachmykinder.com uh, slash little by little homeschool. There's okay. a special page I've put together for your, for your listeners. <laughs> they can go Yay! there and find information and uh, a, a free gift for them as well. Um, so, to simplify everything I've been talking about so they can really, you know, absorb it and have that confidence that they can do this. But that's where I'm usually at. Okay, <laughs> good. Good. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I will put a link for that in the show notes so that they can get straight to you. And I know this is going to be a big help uh, to moms that are concerned and worried. And some are hesitate to homeschool at all, whether their kids are younger or hesitate to bring their children home because of this issue of reading. Mm-hmm. And I remember feeling worried too about teaching my child to read. And my two oldest went to public school. They taught them how to read. They were incredible readers. And my youngest was the one that I taught to read. And I was really worried. I mean, I look back now and I'm like, oh my goodness. But, you know, I look back, and but it was a big thing. And it really mm-hmm. is. It feels at the moment. And walking through that. And I mean, I have a lot of accomplishments, you know, with my kids, I feel good about, but that's one of them that I'm like, you know, yeah, look at what I, I did. did that. Yeah. It feels really good. Doesn't it? So thank you for coming alongside moms to be able to encourage them and empower them and give them the tools and resources to be able to do this well. Thank you so much for giving me the chance to, to share all about reading with your, your listeners and, you know, moms, you could, you got this, you've tackled bigger things. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Welcome. Now that was pretty amazing, right? I know that you are feeling better about this huge hurdle that you have in front of you that you're thinking, I need to teach my child how to read. I'm not equipped to do that. I know that now after listening to this conversation and listening to Corbla Guy, that you are feeling good about it. So I am, as I mentioned, going to put all the links in the show notes. So right now I want you to go ahead and click on those, head on over and see what she all has to offer and take that next step. If that's what you're feeling like you need to do, because I know, like I mentioned, it felt like a really big thing to teach a child how to read. But I think that we also, as a homeschool mom, we should see this as a fun challenge, but not like a challenge in a bad way. Again, like fun, like let's do this. You can do this. And you're going to look back and it is going to be one of the things that you are going to be really proud of and impressed by yourself that, yes, I can do this. So it's just one more thing that... As parents, we can often feel that somebody is better equipped to do it, but no, you are fully well equipped to teach your child how to read. So go ahead and check out the show notes and I will see you right back here in a couple more days for the next episode, a little by little homeschool podcast. If this podcast has encouraged you, the number one way you can thank me is to leave a written review on Apple podcasts. I love to hear how this show has impacted you. So if you could hop over and do that, I'd be so grateful. While you're at it, take a screenshot of this episode and share it with your friends to encourage them. You can also find me over on Instagram at Little by Little Homeschool. Until next time, have a beautiful day, Mama.